Hey y'all, you're listening to the Faith Church Sermon Podcast. We are so excited that you're connecting with us today. It is our desire for you to grow as a result of the resources we provide here. We pray that this blesses you today as you seek to know Him more. So think about the word leader for a minute. What does it mean to be a leader? It's not title. It's not authority. I mean, those things can evoke fear and power. But what does it mean to be a leader? What causes people to follow someone? Let me give you two words to think about. One is the word calling, and one is the word character. And just for our purposes today, let's kind of define these, that our calling is what we do. I'm a teacher, I'm a plumber, I'm a grandma or grandpa, I'm a foster parent, my calling is what I do, and my character, that's who I am. I'm kind, or I'm not. I'm generous, I'm stingy, it's my character, it's who I am. When you think about a leader, which one of these is more important? They're both pretty important, aren't they? I mean, we want people of calling, we want people of competence who can do the job they're asked to do, and we want people of high moral character. So in the Bible, the people of Israel have a problem. See, they had this leader named Moses, and Moses had proven himself to be someone of calling. He was competent for the job. God gave him the tools to do the job, and he had solid character. But when the book of Joshua opens up, it starts with these words. It says, after the death of Moses. This guy, Moses, is dead. This guy who had proven himself to be a good leader, a a man who was going to take the Israelites into the land that God had promised them. He was the guy who showed up in their darkest hour when they were slaves in Egypt. Moses showed up, and he rescued them, and now he's gone. And the people of Israel have no leader. So we're starting a new sermon series today called Longing to be Led, and it's part of something bigger that we're doing in 2022. We're going through the Bible together, and over the next number of weeks, we're going to kind of transition the period of history that we are looking at, and we're going to watch as Israel searches for a new leader. They will choose men and women who are charismatic individuals. They will choose men and women that are brilliant political and military strategists. They will choose fierce warriors to lead them. Some will do okay, most won't. And it's rarely an issue of calling. Most of them are competent. They have the skills to lead God's people, but they lack the character. So as we watch... Over the next number of weeks, we'll see them search for a new leader. And as they look for a leader, we're going to learn something about God and his desire. And we're going to learn something even about ourselves, about you and me, that our character is more important than our calling. That in this life, who we are matters more than what we do. And it was true for the Israelites thousands of years ago. It's true today for you and for me, that our Father is more concerned with who you are than what you do. Something really fun that's going to happen in this series as leaders sort of rise and fall, God is going to stir in his people this desire, this longing 
for the coming of Jesus Christ himself. This longing for the perfect leader who is meant to lead God's people. But more of that in the weeks to come. If you've got a Bible with you, let's get into today's story. It's Joshua. Joshua chapter 1 is where we're going today. And we're just going to kind of scratch the surface on this conversation of leadership and specifically on character Today, let me give you a little history while you're going there. Remember, we're following this group of people called the Israelites. These are God's chosen people. They were slaves in Egypt, and God taps Moses, and he says, listen, I want you to go down to Egypt, and I want you to gather the people and bring them out. And that's what he does. And so they've been wandering in the Sinai Desert, sort of waiting for God's next instruction. See, centuries before, God had promised that he would give the people this land. The people of Israel, they would give them this land. They called it the promised land because God promised it to them. It was the land that God described as, he said it was flowing with milk and honey, meaning it was a place that they could farm and they could raise animals. It was this place of beauty and place of prosperity where they could build homes and they could set up lives and finally they wouldn't be nomads on the move. This was their land and it would be safe. Moses was supposed to be the guy to get them there. But because the Israelites sinned, God said, no, not gonna happen in this generation. It's not until this generation dies, the next generation will go into the promised land. And so the people, this, this group, this nation have been wandering in the Sinai desert for 40 years, waiting to hear from God on what's next. And that's where we pick up the story in Joshua. Joshua chapter one, verse one. Here's what it says. After the death, it says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, who was the son of Nun, Joshua was Moses's aide, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I'm about to give them. This land that I'll give to the Israelites. Now is the time. Moses, your leader, he's, he's dead. He's gone. And so God is going to raise up this guy. He's going to choose the next leader, this guy named Joshua. It's Joshua who's going to take the people into the promised land. Oh, fun fact, Joshua. Joshua's name, that's a Hebrew name, but Joshua's name in Greek is... Yeah, that's right. Yes. Fun fact for you, God is going to use Joshua to, he's going to see some, the Israelites are going to see some characteristics in him that are going to point them forward to Jesus. They share a name. Listen, verse three, God's still speaking. He says, I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea. In the West, let me just show you sort of a, a picture of this part of the world that we're talking about. And all of this is taking place in about 1400 or so BC. The Israelites were slaves down here in this area in Egypt, and they go across, they go across the Sinai Desert. They're camped out in this area here, and they're going to circle back, and now they're going to go into the Promised Land, and it's this area here, from the desert up to Lebanon, it's going to go from there. They cross the Jordan west over to the Mediterranean Sea. God goes, this is the land that I've set out for you. This is the place, Israel, where you're going to go in and you're going to set up life here in the promised land. Verse five, God's still speaking. He says, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, 
so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land that I swore to their ancestors to give them. Remember that phrase, be strong and courageous. It's going to come up a lot. In fact, right here in verse 7, he says, be strong. This time he says, very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it, turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. So you heard it again. Be strong and courageous. Verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So God is commissioning Joshua to be the next leader of Israel. He's going to be the guy to take the people into the promised land. Joshua was Moses' aide for many years. He was his right-hand guy, and so he had gone with him years in the way that he had sort of been with him. Joshua is a guy who's a soldier, and so God commissions him to lead. And he gives this very specific instruction. Joshua, be strong and courageous. He says it to him three times. Be strong and courageous. Now, is this a statement? Go back to our definitions. Is this a statement of calling or of character? Is this about what Joshua is supposed to do or is this about who Joshua is supposed to be? I think it's a statement of character that God is describing who he's supposed to be. And I think this is so fascinating because God's commissioning him. You're going to lead my people into the promised land. But the marching orders that God gives him are not tactics. They're not governing strategies. The marching orders that God gives him is here's the person you're going to be. See, God is going to explain the, the military stuff. He'll give him all that direction. But he could have started with that. Joshua, here's what I want you to do. I want you to cross the Jordan. I want you to go to this country. I want you to attack this people. I want you to take this many troops. Here's the formations you're going to use. Here's exactly how you're going to attack this city. But he doesn't do that. He doesn't say, here's what I want you to do. He says, Joshua, here's who I want you to be. Strong and courageous. This is incredible. This is incredibly important, not just to Joshua, but also to you. And to me, because it tells us something about God's heart for his people. Because you know what we do? We so often think, just thinking about life, we so often think about what we do, right? Our, our, our job and who we're going to marry and how many kids we're going to have and, and where we're going to live. And those things are really important. Those are a really important part of life. But we're so concerned with what's going to happen next in life and where we're going to go and what we're going to do. And it seems to me that what God is saying, it seems to me, is that God is really concerned with who we are. That what we do matters. Don't hear something other than that. Yes, what we do matters. But it seems like to me what God is saying is that who we are, maybe it matters more. 
And listen, later on in this series, we're, we're, we're gonna dive into this a little bit deeper, but we're gonna hear God say that people look at the outside of a person, but the Lord looks at the inside, or the Lord looks at the heart. It's really interesting to me, because as we talk about life and leadership, we often think about positions and accomplishments and, and accolades and influence and authority and all those things, and, 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 and those are something, those are important but it seems like God is really worried about character. I mean, he'll give Joshua the necessary commands for the military. He's not gonna leave him hanging out to dry. He's gonna tell him exactly, precisely what to do, but he wraps it all in this conversation on character. Joshua, here's the person that I want you to be. Not here's the general I need you to be, here's the president I need you to be, here's the leader I need you to be. This is the man, Joshua. This is the person that I need you to be. This is the person I need leading my people, strong and courageous. That's the person. It seems like God cares as much, maybe more, about our character as he cares about our calling and our competency. This is challenging to me, because if it's true about Joshua, it's probably true for you and me also. This is who God is, and this pushes on me, because I care and think a lot about my calling and my competency, and I perfect and want to work on what I do and be better and think of new things to do, and this like, this stabs at my, at my, at my heart and my character, because God is going like, Brad, I... I see what you do, but I also see who you are, and that's what I care about. That's what I'm interested in. What you do, calling and competency matters, but what I care about is your character. It's who you are. Does that push on you? It, it does me. It makes me a little bit uncomfortable to think about this because it's so easy to think about the things that I do and to be able to show you, here's what I do, here's what I've done. How about who I am? If that's really what God is concerned about, that I don't get to stand before him and give him my list of accomplishments. These are, my, these are the positions that I've held, and this is my authority, and this is my influence. Here's how I've used it. Here's my accomplishments, God. God goes, who are you? Talk to me about your, about your character. That should push on you. Over the course of this series, we're going to look at various aspects of this conversation of character. Today, I wanna just, for today, I wanna kind of dive into one aspect of character and go back to the passage and talk about this idea, this aspect of character that is courage because Joshua is going to be the next leader and so God says to him, be strong and courageous three times. Be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. Do you know what that tells me? It tells me that Joshua was weak and scared that God has to keep repeating himself, that God has to keep reminding him, Joshua, remember? Be strong and courageous. Why would God have to say that unless Joshua is weak and he's scared? It tells me that Joshua's going, God, I can't do this. God, I, I can't fill Moses' shoes. You know what kind of guy he was, how confident he was, and the character that he had. I can't do that. I can't lead these people. I can't march them into battle. I was... Moses' secretary a week ago, I can't, I can't lead this country. I love this. Big bad Joshua is 
scared. And I love it because you've been scared before, right? I've been scared about the future, about uncertainty. I love that Joshua is scared because we face challenges all the time. We're weak and scared. Some of you are facing something right now and you're like, I don't know how I'm going to get through it. You're listening right now and your mind is on whatever you're facing and you're going, I don't know how I'm going to push through that. I don't know what's on the other side of that. I'm scared. I, I, I get that. So how do we have courage in light of that? Because there are things in life that are scary, right? I've been out of work before. It's scary. I've dealt with sickness in, in my family and people that I love. That's scary. I've been uncertain about my future many times. It's scary. So how do we, in light of that... How do we understand courage? Let's go back to the passage. Listen to what God is saying to him. Listen as he says to be strong and courageous because each time he gives us a little bit, he gives us a little meaning and a little explanation. And maybe if you're facing something that you're uncertain about, maybe today you, you find some hope and some peace in this. Listen, verse six. He says, be strong. God's speaking. Be strong and courageous. Because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. So as we talk about courage and as we think about things that we face, how do we have courage? God explains to us how to find strength. The first thing he says is that courage, he says, comes from knowing what God wants us to do. Joshua, here's what you're going to do. You're going to take these people. You're going to go into the promised land. That is his assignment, to lead the people of Israel. I mean, maybe one of the reasons we get scared, maybe one of the reasons that we lack courage sometimes is because we, we think that we don't know what God wants us to do. But chase that for a minute. Is that true? We know what God wants us to do, right? I mean, I hear people say all the time, say, I want to know what God wants me to do with my life. People will say, I want to know God's will for my life. Like, it's this big mystery. Well, I can tell you God's will for your life. I mean, I can clear this mess up right now. It's pretty easy. You ready? Here's God's will for your life. This is the secret sauce. Here you go. Love God and love people. That's God's will for your life. That's your assignment. You know exactly what God wants you to do. He wants you to love him and he wants you to love people. Sure. Are there times where God gives us a more specific assignment? Yeah. But it's always based in this, love God and love people. There are times when God is going to say, go here, take that job, marry that person, do that, move here, whatever. But even in that, it's all rooted in love God and love people. We know our assignment. We know exactly what God wants us to do. He wants us to love God, to love him and love people. Now, is that a statement of character or a statement of calling? Kind of both, but a character, I think. See, if you get the character stuff right, all the calling stuff, where you're supposed to go and who you're supposed to marry and what job you're supposed to take and how many kids you're supposed to have and all that stuff, like it kind of works out. Get the character stuff right. Love God. Love people. Lasting courage is founded in, in knowing what God wants you to do. 
I have some friends who recently adopted a child after being foster parents to this kid. And I sort of just, I kind of have watched from a distance, prayed for them a lot, and just kind of watched their journey. And I know it's taken years. It's been a really difficult journey. And there have been days where it's like, this thing is is locked. They're going to adopt this child. This is going to be their child, and they're super excited, and everything is moving forward, and it's progressing, and, and it's just totally clear. And there have been days that they got up in the morning and thought, today might be the day we lose our child. This, the, you know, the state might come and take this child, our child, away. How do you live through that? Like, how do you endure that? Day after day, month after month, year after year. How do you keep going? How do you, where do you find the strength and the courage to do that? Because you know that it's what God wants you to do. Because you know that God wants you to love him and to love people. And this is a manifestation of that. This is an example of that. Love God and love people. That's courage. See, some of you know what God wants you to do right now. You just won't do it. You're stubborn. You, you know God wants you to repent of some sin. God wants you to get on the phone and, and call someone and extend forgiveness to someone who's hurt you. You know what he wants you to do. It's about having the strength and courage to actually walk into it and do it. If you know what God wants you to do, be strong and courageous and go do it. Some of you are going, I don't know what God wants me to do. Okay, ask him. Talk to him and ask him, but also know that he's already, at least in part, told you what he wants you to do. Love him and love people. And if you're doing that, you will have strength. He, he says it. His word's not mine. You will have strength and courage in this life. Verse 7, the second time that God tells Joshua to be strong and courageous, he says this, be strong and, he says, very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left. Keep this book of the law always on your lips and meditate on it day and night. So the second thing we learn about finding strength and courage is that courage comes from God's word. What do you think it means? This, this shows up in the Bible repeatedly. What do you think it means when the Bible says meditate on God's word? He says it, meditate on it day and night. What does that mean? I kind of hate to admit this. I'm a little embarrassed to tell you this. I'm like, this isn't supposed to happen to me. I'm a pastor. I'm supposed to have all this stuff worked out. Uh, but man, lately, I have really been struggling with shame and thinking about things that I've done, things that I've said that in some cases are months and years and even decades old. And it's just this shame that weighs on me, that this stuff that pops in my head. It's like, where did that even come from? And in my heart, and it's heavy. In fact, for me, that shame is so heavy that some days it's hard for me to get out of bed. Like it hits me really the most in the morning. And I'll just be thinking of this stuff. I hate that. I've been walking with the Lord a long time. I feel like my mind shouldn't still be doing this. I should be over this kind of stuff. But you know, the only thing that helps me to overcome it, it's God's word. It's replacing those things in my head and my heart 
with God's word. And so what I will do is I will literally, I will lay in bed and I will just quote Sometimes out loud even, but in my head, in my heart, and, and sometimes again, I'll speak it and I'll just quote scripture over and over and over and over again until I have the strength that I can get out of bed. Is that pathetic? Maybe. But it works. And so for me, like lately, I've just been in my head, 2 Corinthians 5 says, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And so I've just, on repeat, just over and over, there is no condemnation. There is no condemnation. There is zero. There is not any condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And I just, in my head, over and over and over and over again, I think that's some of what it means to meditate on God's word. It's, it's literally to think about the things that are in the Bible, to take all the confusion and the chaos and the depression and the shame that is in my mind and in my heart and replace it with God's word. And I don't know, it works. God tells Joshua, if you will fill your mind and your heart with my word, you will be strong and courageous. Joshua, don't you dare forget the things that I've told you because if you start to rely on yourself, you're gonna be weak and scared again. Joshua, so fill your mind with my law, he says, with my word, that there's not room for anything else. There's no room for shame in your heart. There's no room for depression in your heart and anxiety because you've so filled it with my word. It's not a quick fix. I'm not trying to say that. It's not some magic trick. But to build a lifestyle that we fight shame with God's word and we find courage and strength, meditating on his word. He says one more time, be strong and courageous. He says it in verse nine. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So the third thing we find is that courage comes from God's presence. As we work our way through the Bible, this, this keeps coming up, and I know you're going, man, every week you keep saying that, I get it, God's with me, what else you got? Give me something new. No, seriously, like, God's with you. He's God on high, God Almighty, creator of the universe, and he's with you. None of this means that Joshua's not gonna get scared. None of it means that you and I aren't gonna get scared. We're not gonna be uncertain in life. Of course we're going to get scared. God's going, it's okay. When my young son has a bad dream in the middle of the night, what does he do? He comes into my room. Do I shame him? Do I go, get, that's pathetic. Get out of here. How dare you be scared? Of course not. I go, man, I'm glad you came and got me. I'm glad that you know that I'm here for you. I'm glad you know that I care. That's God. God's going, it's okay that you're scared. It's okay that you're uncertain. It's okay that you're weak. But come to me, because I'm with you. He's saying, trust me more than you trust whatever you're scared about. It's okay that you're scared, but trust me more. That's courage. Do you see how it seems like God's more interested in our character than our calling? What we do matters. God has given us this life to do all kinds of great things, to work and play and to serve people and care for people. And, and, and all of that is important. 
But it seems like God is saying it's not as important as our character, as who we are. That's what God looks at. That challenges me. I hope it challenges you. I hope it pushes on you. Let me show you one more thing. Really fast. Let's put all this to the test. Flip a couple pages forward to Joshua 5. Joshua 5, verse 13. Joshua, his courage and his character are going to get put to the test. He has this first moment where he could get scared and run, or he could lean in and he could trust what God has said. They're about 10 miles into the promised land. They've crossed the Jordan and they arrive at their first challenge. It's this city, this fortified city called Jericho. Listen to what happens. Joshua 5 verse 13 says, when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and he saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Okay, Joshua, here's the test. You can run away. You can hightail it and go the other way. God said, be strong and courageous. You have to make the choice. And, and God's not saying, be a man, be this manly warrior. He's saying what? He's saying, will you lean in? Will you trust me? Will you trust that this is your assignment? Will you trust Joshua? I know it's scary. Will you trust that I'm with you? The man with the sword speaks for God. Joshua 6, verse 2, the Lord says, see, I've delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. So march around the city once with all your armed men. Do it for six days. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times and have the whole army give a loud shout. And then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up. Everyone will go straight in. I mean, if you think back, if you go back in your mind to chapter one, when Joshua, uh, God gives Joshua instructions, if he'd have said this then, hey, Joshua, here's what you're going to do. You're going to take troops and you're going to go and you're just going to walk around the city and you're going to do that for seven days. Just pace around the city, march around it. And then on the seventh day, you're going to do it seven times. And then you're just going to yell really loud. And by the way, the, the strong warriors that are at the front that are leading the way are priests carrying trumpets. Okay, that's your instruction. Go and march around it and then yell and the walls will fall down and then you'll sack the city. If he would have told Joshua this back in chapter one, would Joshua have been strong and courageous? Would he have the strength to do it? Joshua, you're going into battle against this fortified city and your weapon is yelling. Just yell. Like, I think not, right? Character comes before calling. For Joshua, his character had to be developed before his calling. How about you? And me. See, I think about our church family. This church family is full of incredibly smart, capable, inspired, talented people. We're capable of accomplishing great things. Some of you are going to be called to foster and adopt children. Some of you from our church family are going to the other side of the world to take the hope of Jesus Christ to people that don't have it. Others of you are called to serve in our community. You've been given influence and authority where you can make a difference for God's kingdom. Some of you have resources that you could leave a lasting legacy for generations to come, a legacy of love, but none of it matters if we don't deal with our character. None of it means anything if we put our calling and our competency before our character. If we go, God, look how talented and great we are. 
and we put it before our character and who we are. I hope over the next number of weeks you're willing to jump into this with us to look at this issue of character, to say, to slow down and say, God, are there ways that my inner self, maybe the version of me that no one else knows deep inside of me, are there ways in my heart, God, that need to be molded and shaped towards you? Because I've put a lot of energy into my calling. But God, what do you need to develop in my character? Because none of this matters. None of our competency, none of our skills, none of our calling matters if we're blind to our character. I hope, I really hope that you'll hang out with us for the next few weeks. Let me just finish with one more thought, this idea of courage. Some of you are facing a challenge right now and you're scared. I mean, it's just consuming you every day. It's something in your family. It's something in your personal life. Maybe it's something that no one knows and you're scared and you're like, man, I'm weak. What is strength? Go back to it again. Listen, what is strength and courage? Knowing what God wants you to do, that no matter what you're in the middle of, God says, love me and love people. Strength is knowing what God wants you to do. It's rooting deep. It's being anchored in God's word. And it's knowing that no matter where you go and what you face, strength is knowing that God goes with you. Would you pray with me? God, thanks for your word. Thanks for the ways you reveal your love to us and you show us who you are and you show us our need for you. God, thanks that you look at our heart. People judge us by all kinds of things on the outside, but you look at our heart. God, that's both great and a little scary right now, even in this moment. Would you search us, God? Your word says, search us and know our heart. And God, show us if there are ways deep inside of us that need to be changed. Oh, we're real competent. We're leaders at work. We're leaders in our family. We're accomplishing things. We have all kinds of skills and gifts that you've given us. And we've put our character in many cases on the bench. We've put our calling out in front. God, help us to slow down and see that you look at the heart God, help us when we're weak and scared. Remind us, God, of your word when we have so much shame in our heads and our hearts that we can't get out of bed. Remind us. Bring to our minds scripture that would strengthen us. And God, it, it keeps coming up. It feels like old hat, but it is the greatest thing we could hear. No matter what we face, you're with us. Everywhere we go, you are. So God, with whatever we're scared with now, we give to you, we surrender to you, we believe that you're for us and that you're with us. We pray these things in Christ's name, amen.